This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. After all, suppose you were a detective's wife working on a case involving a baseball team and one of the star players tried to get to first base. The National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as Pat and Gene Abbott. Tonight, we are fortunate to have with us, making his dramatic debut, the man America knows and loves as number 42 at Abbots Field in Brooklyn, one of America's great athletes and a great guy, Jackie Robinson. Our story is a tale of homicide in the ballpark, and here is Gene Abbott to set the stage for this puzzle in murder. <laughs> Pat and I had gone for a spin in our convertible. Meantime, in a hotel room in San Francisco, Marty Phillips, the best catcher the Yellow Sox ever had, was entertaining a visitor. I told you to stay away from me, Louie. I told you I'd be back, Marty. It's funny, you're a very smart apple on a ball field, but you ain't using your head now. Get out of here. I ain't gonna ask you again. You're a sap, Marty. Look. The boss says his syndicate's got 400 grand tied up in Tuesday's game. The boss says you can make yourself 75 grand just by losing. I ain't taking a cent of that dirty dough. 75 grand's a lot of lettuce, kid. You'll be washed up someday. You'll wish you'd taken it. It's awful easy to throw the game, Marty. You'll lose a foul ball in the sun. You'll make a slow throw to second. Little things like that nobody would notice. Will you scram out of here? The boss says if you don't want to take his dough, you're not going to play Tuesday. You're not going to play ever, Marty. I'm giving you one last chance. You take the dough and lose on Tuesday? No. Now I told you I'd break you. Okay, Marty. Hey, put down that gun. I'm awful sorry, kid. The boss just can't afford to lose that 400 G's. Hey, Louie, don't! Yeah. It's like I said. You were a very smart ball player. But really, you were just a jerk, kid. Just a jerk. Get some morning papers here. Marty Phillips murdered. Find big league catcher's body in hotel room. Killer gets Marty Phillips. Get your morning papers here. Get your morning papers. When we got home that night, John Stafford, an official of the baseball commission, telephoned and asked Pat to go to his apartment immediately. Pat, as usual, tried every trick in the book to keep me off the case. But later on in John Stafford's apartment, yours truly was in the case right up to her little ears. I'm not calling off the game next Tuesday, Mr. Abbott. You're not, Mr. Stafford? No. I think it would be the worst thing we could possibly do. I want the boys to go ahead and play as though absolutely nothing had happened. Well, do you think that'll convince the people that the Yellow Sox are playing an honest ball game? I do, Mrs. Abbott. If we cancel the game, it'll seem as though something rotten had been going on. Of course, uh, meantime, you've got to find out who killed Marty Phillips. Uh, That is your job, Mr. Abbott. You say whoever shot him didn't leave any clues in that hotel room? None. You know Marty well? Yes. Ever since he played high school ball. You know anything about his private life? Something that might be a lead as to who killed him? I know nothing of the sort. 
Plenty of blind alleys in this case, aren't there? Does the case phase you, Mr. Abbott? Simply because the killer has been rather ingenious? No, no, it doesn't phase me. Who's going to catch for the Yellow Sox on Tuesday? Ned Tilton. He's a manager player, you know. Mm-hmm. How does Ned feel about all this? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Uh, thanks, I will. Maybe he'll be more helpful. Maybe. Pat and I went to visit Ned Tilton, the manager player. Ned was kind of husky, gruff, but sentimental. And quite broken up about the death of his pal, Marty. Well, Marty was a great catcher, Mr. Abbott. Baseball won't see the likes of Marty for a long, long time. Yes, we know, Ned. I love that kid. See, I used to sit in the dugout and get goose pimples just watching him behind the plate. He had that, that magic, like Willie Mays. I busted out crying when I heard Marty was dead. Well, Ned, have you any idea at all who might have wanted to get Marty? I think it was some crooked mob, Mrs. Abbott. Couldn't have been any of his friends. They were all crazy about him. Anybody ever approach you, Ned? Try to get you to toss a game for dough? I, I'd break their necks the minute they open the trap. Okay, Ned. We'll be moseying along. Thanks. Yeah. Give a year's salary to get my hands on the guy who plugged Marty. Well, maybe we can dig him up for you. Bye. Yeah, so long. Sorry I couldn't serve you folks anything. I don't drink myself. I never touch it. Bye, Ned. We'll do everything we can to even up the score for you. Yeah, well, thanks. I'll be praying that you do. Pat and I went home, and he sprawled out in his favorite chair. He began toying with his chin thoughtfully. You know, dear, there's one thing that might open up this can of peas. What is it, dear? The Yellow Sox pitcher. Freddie Manning? Mm Mm-hmm. Suppose a mob did get to Phillips. He and Freddie Manning are the whole team anyway. Phillips is out of the way, so their only hope... Would be to reach the pitcher, Freddie. Mm-hmm. I have an absolutely sensational idea. Well, naturally. Well, now, if you go to talk to Freddie Manning, it'll be no dice. But if I... Stop. Right there. Well, Pat, you know how a man will talk to a woman. They're they're putty in our hands. Yes, well, I don't relish the idea of you alone somewhere with Freddie Manning, twisting him into a piece of putty. Well, suppose I meet him. They say he's a wolf. Now, suppose he doesn't know that I'm Mrs. Abbott. Suppose he doesn't even know I'm Mrs. The answer is still no. I won't allow you to do it. But if it'll solve the case... I am not going to risk some gangs using you for target practice. But I just want to find out if anyone's tried to bribe him. I just want their name. I, I just want him to get palsy Wowsy. Yes, I know. Well, there are degrees of palsy Wowsy. It just means taking off my wedding ring for a few hours. Means what? Well, so that Freddie doesn't know I'm married. So that he'll get um, friendly. All right, Pat? No. Oh, okay, Warden. I won't try to make a break for it now, but someday I will. I'll get out a stir. Wait and see. <laughs> The possibility of my solving the case entirely on my own was too tempting to resist. One afternoon, while Pat was at the office, I met a sports writer who was a longtime friend. He introduced me to Freddie Manning. Then, with a double talk story about my old maid aunt being sick, I gave Pat the slip for a night and went out on a date with Freddie. He was young, dark, terribly handsome, a dreamboat. 
We went to a nightclub together. I was launching my dreamboat with champagne. Jeannie, baby, you have just connected with a guy who's going places. You know that? Sure, Freddie, I know. Matheson, Johnson, Carl Hubble. Those guys have nothing compared to your little Freddie. <laughs> and you're in line to be my ever-loving baby, huh, Jeannie? You bet. You're going to be wonderful out there on the mound this Tuesday, aren't you? I can't miss. I'm in perfect shape. You know the doc says there isn't a huskier guy in the league? Tell me a secret. Anything my honey wants to know. Did anybody offer you money to throw the game Tuesday? What do you want to talk about that for? Give me a baby. Oh, Freddie, people are watching. All right, then let's go to my apartment. I got a gorgeous terrace. We make some drinks at my bar. You know, if you stand on tiptoe on my terrace, you can reach right up and grab a chunk of the moon. Well, it, it, it's awfully late. I got some music you like, too. Moody, low-down stuff. Shearing, Art Tatum, Ellington. What do you say? Well, I... I... I'll show you my scrapbook, time I was in Hollywood. <laughs> and all the movie stars gave me a big party. I got autographed pictures from all of them. To the best pitcher in baseball. That's me, honey. Okay, Freddie. Let's go. Good. Ah, oh, you'll like it on the terrace. Nobody will be watching us but the man in the moon. And he don't care. Freddie took me to an exquisite ultra-modern penthouse overlooking the bay. He kept the place dimly lit. He played a few records. And then the ball players started to pitch. Come here, Jeannie, honey. Give me a kiss, hmm? No, 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 no. Wait. What? What's the matter? Well, I, I thought you were going to show me your scrapbook. Oh, that can wait. But I, I want to see where it says, to the best pitcher. <laughs> okay. Scrapbook's here, right under this table. Must have cost a lot of money to fix up this place, didn't it? Yeah, why? Oh, I was just wondering. I know the yellow socks pay you plenty, but... but... maybe I could be picking up some extra dough on the side for throwing a few games, hmm? I wouldn't blame you for it. Did you ever do that, Freddy? Do you think that's why Marty Phillips was killed? Get this. The cops went through that whole routine with me. I don't know anything about it, so forget Freddy. it. You're hurting my arm. Unless you'd like to get slapped around, forget all it. All right, all right. Don't get so excited. Now, let's see the scrapbook. That's better. I... Say, who's she? Hmm? Oh, give me that picture. That doesn't belong in there. To my darling, my own adorable sweetheart. <laughs> Should I be jealous? No, she's an old flame. Gone and forgotten. <laughs> Go on, look at the rest of the book. Look, look at the big shots I'm with. Oh, that's Commissioner Stafford, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Swell guy. He asked you much about Marty? What the devil do you keep hopping on that for? What are you up to? Nothing, nothing. Oh, come on. Play another record for me. Then we'll go out on the terrace and see if we can really touch that moon. Good evening, Jean. Hello, Pat. Or should I say good morning? 
Oh, it is late, isn't it? How is your aunt? Much better, thank you. Amazing old girl, isn't she? Yes, amazing. Especially the way she has people sit up with her when she's sick. What's wrong with sitting up with a sick old aunt? In a strapless evening gown? Oh, oh, that. Well, you see, my other uh, dress... Well, I I mean, this dress... What did you find out from Freddie Manning? Freddie Manning? You're not wearing your wedding ring, dear. And you've been dancing with somebody who's clumsy on his feet. Your slippers wouldn't look like that after a taxi ride to your aunt's house. Not much fun being married to a detective, huh? Pat, I went to my aunt I said, what did you find out from Freddie Manning? He wouldn't talk. You were with him all evening and you didn't get a lead? No, no, I tried very hard, Pat. He he was kind of touchy when I spoke about Marty. But that's all. No, I ought to get the hairbrush and spank the daylights out of you. I was only trying to help, dear. Pat Abbott, I have half a mind to... You have a half a mind, period. After I told you not to fool around in this case, after I told you to stay away from Freddie, after I... Uh, Jealous, Pat? No, I certainly am not. Worry about me tonight? I never gave it a thought. You're as amazing as my aunt. Why do you say that? You don't get jealous. Mm-mm. You don't worry? Nope. But you smoke two whole packs of cigarettes. Uh, oh, that. Not much fun being married to an observant wife. just a moment, Act Two of tonight's adventure of the Abbots. What do you know about your government? Do you know, for example, who is responsible for your personal security? The security which comes from being healthy, having a good education, and being well taken care of when we are unable to care for ourselves. A new secretary has been added to the President's Cabinet as head of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. Actually, the department handles the work of several governmental agencies. The United States Public Health Service, which safeguards the general health of the American people. The Food and Drug Administration, which makes certain that our food is pure and safe. The Social Security Board, which takes care of older people, children, and the blind who may need help. And the United States Office of Education, which through research acts in an advisory capacity for the various state boards of education. All these agencies through the Department of Health, Education and Welfare are ever watchful of our personal security. That's how your government works. And now for Act Two of The Blood Red Diamond. <laughs> afternoon, Pat and I went to the final game in the Yellow Sox series. The stands were packed. There had been no break in the case. Freddie Manning, my boyfriend, was pitching as sweet a ball game as you've ever seen. Ned Tilton, the manager player, was giving him wonderful support at the plate. Pat and I knew Tom Whitley, the sportscaster. Tom was the sportscaster who sounded strangely like Jackie Robinson. And we sat right beside the mic as he broadcast the game. Pat's eyes kept searching the stands, the dugout, and the field, watching for a tip-off if there was to be any dirty work. This is Tom Whitley, fans. The game's tied at one-all. It's the last of the sixth at the bottom of the batting order coming up. 
It'll be Freddie Manning, the pitcher, who's doing a great job out there today. The game has been a rough and tumble affair, not as dignified as the games we have at Everett's Field, where we never try to influence the umpires. It just happens that the field over there in Brooklyn is the only one in the world where they serve right and left-handed pop bottles. Yes, this has been a wild game, and the only thing that's missing at a brawl like this is Leo DeRocher. <laughs> I know a great new gag about Leo, but he's on top of the world now, and we'll just let him have his day. Well, here's Manning getting ready to step in. He gets a great big hand. There are two down, nobody on. There's the wind-up, the pitch. It's a hard grounder wide of third. Taylor's over, comes up with the ball. This will be close. But Manning falls down, and the throw is there for the third out. Freddie seems to have tripped as he headed for a first. He's not getting up. The lad must have twisted an ankle or something. Everyone running towards Freddie, and he isn't moving. He's got his face right down in the dirt. The crowd's tense. This may mean he's out of the ball game. Ned Tilton, his catcher, is going over to him now. He's waving for the doctor. There goes Commissioner Stafford, leaving his box, heading for Freddie. Stands are quiet now, very quiet. One woman seems to have broken past the field police. Oh, yes, a good friend of the team's, Mrs. Tilton, Ned Tilton's wife. Now, there goes my man on the field, and he's going to signal me as soon as the doctor finds out what's wrong. He's waving at me now. He's saying, Freddie, why, why, that's impossible. That's... Ladies and gentlemen, Freddie Manning is dead. Pat and I raced to the Yellow Sox locker room, fighting our way through the shocked, milling crowd. Commissioner Stafford was there, and Ned Tilton. A policeman stood guard over the dead body. Stafford was very pale. Well, Mr. Abbott, I... I really don't know what to say. The usual words don't, don't mean anything. What is the doctor's opinion, Mr. Stafford? Looks like a heart attack. No signs of violence. Nothing at all. It was a hurried diagnosis, but uh, from the blood that gushed from Freddie's mouth and nostrils and from what he could see in just a quick glance, the doctor says Freddie's heart just popped and, and the boy died. He the regular team, doctor? Ever examined Freddie before? Uh, yes, that's what's so puzzling. He examined Freddie last week for an insurance policy. His heart was perfect. But that doesn't make sense. He oh, could... First it was Marty... Now it's Fred. Are we cursed or something? Try not to take it so badly, Ned. I'll find my wife. I gotta go home. I don't feel right. I can't stand this. But I'll find her, Ned. I... Ned, did I ever meet her? Huh? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I've got to find her. I could swear I'd seen her before today. Ned, Ned, sit down. Oh. That's it. How could it happen? How could this happen? Can you answer that, Mr. Abbott? I think so, Exactly what do you mean? Freddie was probably murdered. What? A boy in his condition doesn't have a heart attack out of a clear blue sky. It's very unlikely. The attack was probably induced by poison. Poison? Well, he played six innings. Slow poison, Ned. Poison from his glove or from the ball or the bat. But uh -huh. how would he have swallowed the poison? I'm not sure yet, dear. It was a violent heart attack. Might have been caused by nitroglycerin. That works very slowly till the system has a lethal dose. Shows no immediate signs. Then suddenly it explodes the heart. Doctors use it for its expansive effect in small doses for arterial tension. Oh, 
Sounds fantastic. Now all you have to do is to find out which person out of the 25,000 people here engineered that. Rather uh, difficult odds, eh, Mr. Abbott? And I'll use your favorite word, Mr. Stafford. Maybe. Pat and I finally left the stadium and went home with Pat frowning, mulling the problem over and over. Late that night at home. What's bothering you, Jean? You look troubled. Well, I've a feeling it'd help if I knew... If you knew what? Mrs. Tilton, Ned's wife. The woman who ran out on the field when Freddie fell. I could have sworn I'd seen her before. But where? Uh, she's with the team very often. What difference does it make? No, no. It's something peculiar. Where did I see her? It wasn't at the ballpark. It, it... Pat, I've got it. Hmm? Her picture was in the scrapbook. Freddie's? The one he showed you that night? That's right. Well, why wouldn't her picture be in the scrapbook? She's been with the team ever since Tilton joined them. But, but the inscription, dear. What inscription? On her picture. She wrote... To my darling Freddie, my own adorable sweetheart. Are you sure about that? Positive. I didn't know who she was when I saw it, so I just passed it by, but isn't that kind I'll of... I'll be back. Well, where are you going? To the stadium. Now, you wait here. This will be too dangerous. I certainly will not. Why will it be so dangerous to go to the stadium? Because the killer may be there alone and very much in the mood for a few more bloody murders. Naturally, Pat couldn't shake me off. We bribed the night watchman to let us into the stadium. It was deserted. But there was a light shining through the door of the Yellow Sox locker room. Pat opened the door. Ned Tilton was there, emptying his locker. Mr. Abbott, what are you doing here so late? We've just had an idea, Ned. About uh, Marty and Freddy? Well, come on. Come on, tell me about it. You told us when we visited your place that you never drink, Ned. Huh? No, I don't. There's a scotch bottle in your locker. Oh, that, I... There isn't uh... any scotch in it, is there? Got the nitroglycerin in the bottle, Ned? Yeah. And if you or that wife of yours makes a move, I'll throw it on the floor. There's plenty left in the bottle. It'll blow us all to bits. You put the liquid nitro on your catcher's mitt, didn't you, Ned? Just enough to wet the ball. You kept throwing to Freddy... Freddy was tossing spitballs. It's against the rules, I know, but Freddy knew a way around the rules. He was sneaking a few across the plate that way. It's happened before. You were the only person who knew he threw spitballs. You knew he'd keep licking his fingers to wet the ball. You knew he'd swallow little bits of the poison that way. That right, Ned? Shut up, Abbott, and move out of the way. You got a very attractive wife, Ned. And Freddy was quite a wolf. He and your wife were more than just two people interested in the team, weren't they? Aye. Their pictures in Freddy's scrapbook with a greeting that's a little too affectionate burned you up, didn't it? I said get out of my way. You started out to make a fortune, Ned. You placed heavy bets against your own team. Hired a guy to threaten Marty. The guy had to kill him. Then you went after Freddy. But not because you wanted him to throw the game. No, things were too hot to rig it that way. No, you wanted to kill him yourself for a personal reason. I've got nothing to lose if I drop this bottle of nitro. Now, look, Ned. Keep away from me, Abbott. Be careful, Pat. I'll be getting out of here now, if you don't mind. Don't follow me. All I have to do is toss this juice in front of you and the missus. Stay right where you are. I'm watching you. I can still see you. Don't move. There he goes, Pat. See him? He's running into the grandstand. Stay here, Jean. I'll get him. Come back, Pat. You'll be killed. Lost him. 
He must have ducked behind the benches. Come back, Pat. I told you not to follow me, Harry. Get down, Pat. He's going to throw the nitro. Pat, are you all right? I can't see out there. Pat! I'm all right. Stay where you are. Now, Ned, you and I are going to play a little tag. You come for me and I'll break your neck. You picked a bad spot, Ned. That exit is closed. Where you run to now? Keep your hands off, Abbott. I'll kill you. So help me, I'll kill you. Get out. Now I'm going to choke the life out of you, you. That does it. You had enough, Ned? Oh, you had enough? You had enough? As I came running up the ramp, Ned was out cold. Pat still had strength to haul Ned's body to the locker room where we waited for the police. When Ned was revived, he identified the gunman who'd killed Monty Phillips. I guess someone should have told Ned that Pat Abbott was a Marine veteran who'd been on the receiving end of the dirtiest fighting the Japs could ever think of. Very late that night, it was almost sunrise. Pat? Hmm? Isn't it about time for me to put my wedding ring back on? I suppose so. Go ahead. You put it back on my finger. How do you know I want to marry you again? Well, don't you? No. Oh, come on. Marry me again. I said I don't want to. Would you marry me again for all the rice in China? No. For all the smorgasbord in Sweden? No. For all the moolah in Fort Knox? No. For a kiss. You talked me into it. Moral of the story. Husbands who wonder if their wives still love them should let their wives spend an evening dancing with a handsome stranger. I know a perfect nightclub they can go to. And the management is not responsible for hats, coats, or stolen hearts. The National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as those popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Jean Abbott, created by Francis Crane. Also heard tonight were Everett Sloan, Mandel Kramer, and Kenny Delmar. The Adventures of the Abbots was written by Howard Merrill. Original music composed and conducted by Dewey Bergman. Produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert. Directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. Next week, same time, same station, another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Jean in The Adventures of the Abbots.
This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.